So if you're like me, you probably have a lot of goals that you want to work on, a lot of things that are important to you. Maybe it's learning something new, working on your career, keeping up with exercise, meditation. It could be any of these things that you want to work on, but you often find you don't have time to do all of the things that you like to do. If you actually try to do all the things that you like to do, you quickly run out of time in the day. So today I'd like to talk about a technique that I found helpful for dealing with this problem that I call habit stacking. Habit stacking combines two different ideas together to make them more powerful than each idea alone. The first is minimal habits and the second is overlapping tasks. So let's start with minimal habits because that's the really important piece of understanding how this works. Minimal habits is an idea I believe I first heard from BJ Fogg, a Stanford psychologist, and it's become kind of popular. It's had a lot of different iterations, but the way that I'd like to define it is a way of setting a commitment to do a particular habit, but in a form that is probably a lot less than what you'd ideally like to do to be able to see results. So I'll give an example. So about six months ago, I decided, you know what? I'm very busy. Uh, I don't always have time to go to the gym and do the full workout routine that I'd like but I wanna have some minimal amount of investment every single day in fitness, even when it's not easy for me to do a full workout. So I decided to do a simple, minimal habit of doing 50 push-ups a day. So 50 push-ups a day, at least for me and my current physical condition, was not too hard. I never find it so that 50 push-ups, especially if I don't have to do them all in one go, is too difficult, that that's really straining my body. It's something that, it's a little bit hard. It's not something that just happens automatically, but it's also not something that's extremely difficult. More importantly than the difficulty, however, is that 50 push-ups is something I could do literally everywhere. So in the last six months, I've had situations where I've gone camping, I've gone on vacation, I've traveled home to stay with my family. And in all of these situations, it's often hard to go to the gym, if not impossible. If you're not in your city and you don't have a gym membership, how do you go to the gym? but you can always do push-ups because you don't really need anything for push-ups. So this kind of encapsulates the minimalist habit philosophy. The minimal habit has a few key features. The first is that it's something that you can basically do everywhere at any time. So for me, in my mind, when I was designing this, I also thought unless I was extremely sick, I would also still be able to keep up the push-up habit because I don't have to do them all in one go. So if I've got a cold or, or even I'm getting over a flu or something more serious than a cold, I can still do the 50 push-ups. In contrast, normally when I'd be sick, I would never go to the gym. I would say, well, you know what, I'm too sick to go to the gym. And any habit I was trying to form would probably get interfered with because of that. The second thing about minimal habits is that it's defined as being a smaller commitment than what you'd ideally like. Look, I don't think that 50 push-ups a day is necessarily the optimal amount of exercise for me for normal fitness, but that's okay. I can still go to the gym and I still do. I still go to the gym usually a couple times a week, but the difference is that I have a foundation, I have a baseline so that even if times get busy, even if I don't have the ability to do what I'd ideally like to do, I am putting in some minimal effort. Another aspect of this that's more subtle is that often the friction we feel, the, the thing that makes it hard to get started with something, the thing that we procrastinate on is the initiation of investing some energy or effort in a particular area of our lives. So fitness, for instance, the hardest thing about going to the gym is often just going to the gym. It's not even actually doing the workout. Once you're there, the workout kind of follows automatically. 
Similarly, if you were to work on, let's say, learning a language, very often it's that first few minutes of turning on speaking or practicing that is a little difficult. Once you turn that on, it's easy to go for another 5, 10, 20 minutes. Part of this is psychological, part of this is just that we have an aversion to doing hard things and so if we could just go on Twitter or go on Facebook instead, we will do that. But I think part of it is also that if you have this minimal habit set up, then very often the mere act of trying to schedule five minutes in your day to do something automatically opens up 10, 15, 20 minutes. So if I already have to think to myself, well, okay, when am I going to do five minutes of practice towards this goal? Then very often that five minutes can extend to 10 or 15 because the chunk of time that I'm using expands to fill it. So right now I have several minimal habits uh, that I'm keeping track of. I use uh, the Don't Break the Chain app. Obviously apps don't matter that much. You can do it on a calendar. You can even just do it on a piece of paper if you want. But the reason I liked this one um, is because First of all, it fits the main philosophy that this is a habit that ideally you should be doing every single day so that it's not something that you are doing infrequently. And second, it's also something that lets you see how frequently you're actually doing it. So if you're doing this don't break the chain, you can see, oh, actually I am doing it most days versus, well, I'm actually only doing it three or four days out of the week. Maybe I need to rethink it. Maybe this habit isn't as minimal as I need it to be. So. This is the first part, this minimal habit. And I have about five or six things on my don't break the chain that I'm working on right now. That includes meditating in the morning. Um, I do a bit of Chinese reading and listening practice, the push-ups that I talked about earlier, flossing. There's a few things that I have on this list that I'm trying to do every day. Now, the problem there becomes that once you get several of these things or maybe 10 of these things, even if each individual habit is quite minimal, now doing 10 things every single day can actually be kind of difficult. Maybe not difficult in the sense that, well, I imagine an ideal day, it's not that hard to do. But now imagine a really busy day, a bit day where you, you sleep past your alarm clock, you're exhausted, you know, you're, you're just drinking coffee just to stay awake. You have to work overtime. You have to rush around and do a bunch of errands. Now it's 9 p.m. and you're exhausted. Well, maybe doing 50 push-ups would, would have been okay, but now doing 10 separate things? If, if you had six things and each of them were 10 minutes long of minimal habit, that's still an hour worth of work to do. That's still an hour of difficult things to engage in, which is not easy. So here comes the other component of the habit stacking process. This is overlapping tasks. And the idea here is that if you have the ability to stack the habits, meaning that some of the habits can overlap the others in terms of time, then you add another layer of redundancy so that if things get really busy, you can crunch it all together and have things stacked on top of each other so that even though in theory, let's say your 10 habits of 10 minutes each, would be 100 minutes long, maybe it's actually only less than an hour when you have some habits stacked. So I'll give an example of this. So one of the habits I had, as I mentioned, was doing some Chinese practice. And, and usually what I do is I have an app that has some articles and it has audio and it has reading. And I like to do both. I do a little bit of reading and I do uh, listening. And sometimes I do the same for each article if I didn't fully understand what was said from just doing one or the other. Now. Obviously, if I'm reading, I can't also be doing push-ups. But if I'm listening, if I'm trying to do listening practice, that is something I could do with push-ups. Or it is something I could do with going to the gym. 
or I could do with cleaning, or I could do with flossing, or I could do with other habits that I have in my current list of minimal habits. And so the idea here is not that doing a bunch of things at once is necessarily good, because it's not. Obviously, I'm going to get better practice with my Chinese if I do it separate, if I'm not trying to do other tasks at the same time. However, however, and this is important, is that the goal of the minimal habit is never to be effective or efficient in the sense that the amount of time or the amount of energy you're putting in is necessarily making the progress that you want. That's not the goal. The goal instead is to maintain consistency even when you're in non-ideal conditions. So even when, wow, it's really hard to do all this stuff, you can keep making a token effort towards it so that on the days that you do have more energy, you can put in more effort. So even though 50 push-ups isn't what I'd like to do as my ideal fitness routine, if I do 50 push-ups plus I go to the gym on some days, then on average, I'm going to be doing a lot more than if I just try to go to the gym on some days and then on other days I do nothing. So here, I think there's a few strategies you can use to stack your habits in this way. So you can probably not get more than two habits stacked on top of each other, but even doing that can take the total burden, cut it in half, so that in crunch periods, you can still maintain your commitment to a fairly large number of things. So the first is to look at splitting tasks which are physical and which are cognitive. So exercise and some kind of learning task is an obvious split because exercise mostly uses your body and learning mostly uses your mind. So if in this case I'm talking about the push-up habit and the practicing Chinese habit, I could do push-ups while listening to Chinese and there is minimal interference. Now not zero interference, I'm definitely probably a little less focused on doing push-ups and a little less focused on listening to Chinese than I would be if I was doing each of them individually, but I can still do them together. The other way you can think of a split is between part that use different cognitive mechanism, uh, sorry, different cognitive mechanisms in your mind. So one example is doing a visual task with an auditory task. So another example of this is let's say I were doing some kind of drawing or programming there's often a sense that I can often listen to something at the same time and there's only minimal interference. In contrast, if I'm doing a writing task, because that is a highly verbal task and I'm kind of, even if I'm not really conscious of it, thinking aloud in my head, it's using a similar part of my brain, it's very hard for me to both write and let's say listen to an audiobook. But I might be able to draw and listen to an audiobook or I might be able to do another type of task combined with that. So there's different ways that you can stack these tasks and you probably won't be able to stack every single habit. If you're doing something that does require a lot of focus, for instance, meditation, you probably can't stack that with something else and still think you're achieving the result. However, if you do create a little bit more room and you can stack some of your habits, for instance, if you have a reading habit, but you allow yourself the option of listening to an audiobook, let's say, so it's either reading a paper book or listening to an audiobook then you get a little bit more flexibility when planning in your total habits. So just to summarize what this idea is, one is minimal habits, setting small habits that are smaller than the amount that you actually want to accomplish, but allow you to maintain a consistent input over a very long period of time. And two overlapping tasks, either physical and cognitive or cognitive skills that require rely on different parts of the brain so that you can overlap the task and still get some of the benefit, even if not the benefit of being fully focused. The idea of course here being that in times where you're more 
have more free time, you're uh, less obstructed, you can do them separately, but when things come to crunch, you can still overlap them and maintain all the commitments that you have. So this is my idea for right now. Let me know what you think of it. Share a thought in the comment or send me an email and I'd love to know what you think.